Welcome to the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast, the podcast for HVAC contractors who are ready to quit screwing around and begin growing their business. Powered by Rival Digital. On this show, you'll hear from industry leaders and become equipped with the tools and knowledge you need to build a world-class business. Now, here's your host, Eric Thomas. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast. My name is Eric Thomas. I'm the host of the show, also the president of Rival Digital, a full-service digital marketing agency that exclusively services the HVAC industry. In 2021, I had a very special guest join me on the show, and it ended up topping the charts. It was the number one most downloaded episode we had uh, for the entire year. So typically, when I see stuff like that, it's a, it's a good indicator that the the value of the content was good. The advice was sound. The guests knew what they were talking about. So I figured, why not bring them back on? So today we are joined by Lawrence Castillo from Brody Pinnell. Lawrence, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm happy to be back and good to hear that uh, enough people found value in, in our last podcast to uh, you know download it a lot and, and listen to it. So it's great to hear. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we are constantly trying to grow the show, and with that comes new listeners. So, Lawrence, why don't you go ahead and reintroduce yourself for our listeners out there? Sure. Um, I am the president of Brody Pinnell Heating and Air Conditioning in Los Angeles. Um, we are a 77-year-old company uh, that services most of the west side of Los Angeles and the outskirts beyond. Um and prior to that, uh, I have served as the general manager of uh, a handful of companies uh, on the West Coast. Uh, I spent my career in in Los Angeles and British Columbia. So that is where I've done all of my work. Um, um, I've been lucky and, and fortunate to be able to work with a lot of really smart people during my career, um, learned a lot of great things. and had important people uh, in this industry as uh, friends and mentors. And I think all of that rubbed off and, and um, contributed to the success that I've had in, in running companies. And uh, so a long history of, of running heating and air conditioning companies, starting with a very small operation and working on up to, to very large operations. So, yeah. So last time we had spoken, uh, you were, you know, you were in the, in the process of, of, uh, you know, taking Brody Pinnell and and really, you know, trying to grow the company. So let, let's hit on 2021 a little bit and talk about some of the growth that you all experienced during that year. Sure. Uh, a banner year here. Um, like I said, the 77 year old company and a name that's really part of the fabric of West Los Angeles. Um, we worked really hard and just completed what was the best year in, in the history of this company. Um, we grew top line and bottom line by just, you know, an incredible amount. And I'm really proud of our team. Uh, we were also fortunate enough to, uh, have been voted the best heating and air conditioning company in Los Angeles by the readers of the Los Angeles times. And that is no small feat. Um, this is a population base, you know, there's so many people that live in Los Angeles and there are tens of thousands of contractors from chucking a truck to $60 million operations. And to be the one who is chosen as the best by the readers um, is quite significant. So uh, we are waving that flag um, all over town and making sure that um, our customers um, know that you know, they're dealing with the best company. And of course, you know, you have to live up to that, right? The, the bar is set very high. And yeah. so when you're advertising that on your website and you're, it's on your hold music when the people call in to book a call and it's on your trucks, um, there's a level of expectation and we do our best to live up to that every day. Um, something like that comes as a result of the, the hard work of many. Um, you know, we try to give people an amazing customer service experience with every call. Um, and it's everything from, you know, when that first call comes in and, and is booked, it's the experience they have with the call taker. Um, it's, you know, everything through dispatch and, and through 
the technician and the follow-up. So uh, we're not perfect. You know, we have our warts, we, but we work on that daily. Um, and so we're, we're proud of that achievement. Um, you know, toward the end of last year, really made a concerted effort to put together a good growth plan for uh, 2022. And that's part of what we discussed on the last episode was, mm -hmm. you know, good companies have a, a, a written growth plan. Um, and so, you know, I, I have a director of recruiting and uh, I hired her last year because the effort that it takes to grow this business the way that we want to grow it, it's more than just I can, you know, handle. Um, I needed somebody full time to be able to uh, dedicate themselves to that. So um, they got after it in November. And I'm happy to say that uh, our training class of nine um, is well underway for 20, our first training class, uh, which is nine people well underway here for the first part of 2022. Um, and this individual has us filled up with interviews, you know, just on a consistent basis. So uh, I know we talked about that a lot on the last episode, but um, practicing what we preach over here and making sure that, uh, you know, we're just seeing new talent walk in the door every day. And, you know, we narrow it down and choose the ones that make sense for our business and for our customers. Yeah. So in growing the top and bottom line numbers, obviously, something had to have been changed uh you know you know with the company being 77 years old uh and this in particular year being the one where it, it you know it seemed to really really grow what changed either from an operational standpoint or from a customer service standpoint that kind of helped you guys get there good question um i think that the way that we're doing things now um are quite different than the last group of management. And, um, and so, you know, I, and, and as I alluded to earlier, I've had exposure to a lot of really great stuff over my career. And I've, you know, as the years have gone on, I've put all that stuff in my back pocket. And when you arrive at a place um, where they might not have had exposure to some of that you know, that great process and procedure and the ideas that were successful at other places, um, you know, it's, it's change and you do your best to, you know, implement that as responsibly as possible. But honestly, that's, that's really what it came down to. We, um, we put together a great year with largely the same amount of people. And we did that because we were doing things better. There were, there was low hanging fruit, right? There was just proper management of your schedule, you know, and as a guy who's been inside of enough heating and air conditioning shops, not just of the ones that I've run, but of my friends, um, you know, and people, I, I get phone calls, folks ask for advice. And, you know, I always start with um, dispatch and the call center because you know, it's booking the call right. It's assigning the right number of calls. I, uh -huh. you know, sometimes I'll get a call from somebody and they'll, they, they've got five or six calls on a technician. And, yeah. you know, I just, th there are simple lessons and there's low hanging fruit. So there are things that we did here um, to make sure that we were squeezing every drop uh, out of every day. And um, so it made a huge difference. Just really proud of the team. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, um, Another thing that that was was pretty remarkable to me, and this is something that I see a lot on different you know different Facebook groups, different uh, forums, or different you know groups that I'm in, where I hear people talking about marketing budget, uh, and they're talking about you know what percentage to properly allocate to it, uh, and you you don't do the full ten percent, you you do less than that, correct? We're at about five percent. Yeah, and. Um... You know, and, and this was something that we hit on the last time, but it's worth repeating. I, uh -huh. you know, we create our own leads um, from our service schedule, right? I'm not, I market for tune-ups. I don't market for replacements. Um, uh -huh. And because we create those leads ourselves. And, you know, if your team is out there working hard on getting reviews, it reduces your marketing spend. 
if your team is out there giving great tune-ups, which turn into, you know, technician turned leads, it reduces your marketing spend. Um, there's just, there are a number of ways to do it, but we, yeah, we spend 5%, um, maybe six and not anything more than that. Um, I think, you know, this year we, we, we might ramp it up a little bit, uh, because we have, a, you know, a really big growth plan this year. And, but, um, you know, if you have, if you're, if you are controlling what you can control inside the business that can help to offset that marketing cost, um, it's a great thing at the end of the month to be able to look at your P&L and, and see, you know, that the revenue has grown, but the marketing budget hasn't. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So when we're talking about 2022 and the aggressive, the aggressive growth plan that you guys have uh, written down, um, I, I'd like to hit on the pricing uh, for that because there's, you know, there's price increases across the board for a lot of things, pretty, pretty much almost everything. Uh, so how does pricing play into your growth plan? Uh, it's quite important. Um, January one, well, the first week of January, we changed all of our pricing um, yet again. And during the calendar year last year, we were handed three or four price increases by all of our manufacturers, distributors, everybody got into it. And, um, and it's understandable. And you know, we are not going to absorb that as a company, right? We just, yeah. we have to adjust our pricing and we can't wait. That's something that if it's January 19th today and you haven't changed your pricing uh, this year, then, you know, that's 19 days worth of uh, installations, 19 days worth of service where you're paying, um, you know, for that, for that increase and, and your customers aren't sharing in it. So, uh, you have to be priced appropriately. I'm, I'm not afraid to be the, the most expensive company, um, you know, in our part of town. And um, we make no apologies for it. You know, we deliver a great product. So I think for, you know, your listeners, uh, it doesn't matter what size, small or large companies, uh, being priced appropriately is just that's at the top of the list uh, yeah. of what you have to do this month. Yeah. So what's a good strategy, say someone's never done a price increase, they've always been a, you know, it, it, to be honest, it is kind of a, you know, if you're a new business owner or you're, you know, a, a new operator of a business, it can be a little intimidating to call a customer or send out a mailer to your customers and say, you know, our prices are going up pretty much. Uh, what's a good way to communicate that to the homeowner uh, in a way that they understand and don't get upset with? Well, we did it last year here. Um, and I can tell you that we changed the price of regular service. We changed the price of uh, maintenance agreements. We changed the price of uh, equipment. And, you know, it's just a lot of training, right? Mm -hmm. our, our customer service representatives needed to understand that, you know, you need to prepare them for the objections, right? People aren't going to understand, hey, I've been a customer for 20 years. I've always been paying you know, whatever for you guys to come out. I don't understand why it's more now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of ammunition for that right now. Um, yeah. Everything is more now, right? Meat and gas and just everything is more. Yeah. And, you know, the reality of it is that the manufacturers, you know, they're sending you four letters a year saying, I'm sorry, but, you know, due to prevailing market conditions, we have to increase prices. And so you just have to, just as delicately as you can explain that to your customers and they get it. You know, if you explain it thoughtfully, um, they understand. And many of them are business folks themselves. They run a business or, you know, are, are managers in a business where they have the same thing going on. So it's not a foreign idea or concept to most. It's just happening everywhere. And, um, you know, it's just all in the way that you deliver the message. Yeah. See, in in my opinion, I think it, I think it says more about the quality of the company if they actually increase their prices because, and, and maybe I have a different perspective than you know the average homeowner um, because I you know I run a business so I understand overhead costs and costs of maintenance of vehicles and and salaries and benefits and all that stuff, um, but it, I think it says more to me about the quality of the company if they have to raise their prices versus the person who doesn't the person who doesn't is probably just himself or herself and they're just trying to make a quick buck 
versus the company who has the best warranties in town and has the best customer service in town and the best tools and equipment and products to offer. It's, you know, for the, for the one man truck or the three or five man operation, um, you know, those folks, they may not be paying workers' compensation insurance. Uh, they only have a few trucks on the road. They're not pulling permits. You know, everything is done by cutting corners. And if they're cutting corners now, then, you know, there's no additional cost to them for all these items. So they're just going to continue to operate, um, you know, on on a dime. And, and so, yeah, for, for folks like that, you know, and they're going to be out of business in a couple of years anyway. So, um, but if, you know, we, I mean, inevitably when you talk to enough people about this and, and we talked to so many people last year about this, you're going to have some folks that just don't understand it. Um, all you can do is do your best, explain to them and just give them the option. You know, it, it is what it is. If you want us to stay in business and to be here to service, to continue to service your system, like we have for 76 prior years, it's just going to cost a little more. So. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned something about in the way your technicians communicate that. And you said it comes down to training them um, to be able to communicate that. Uh, and that's another point that, you know, we had talked about prior to this in, in regards to your plan for 2022 was uh, was training and, you know, continuing to train your technicians. So what does that look like? Um, it needs to be going on inside of, all of our businesses every day. Um, and I know that, you know, right now with gathering folks, uh, you know, it's a little bit problematic with, with the virus and such, but uh, there are ways around that. But, you know, everybody, I, I th and I think a responsible business owner sits back in January or hopefully sits back in December and, and decides what they're going to do differently in, in the next year. But mm -hmm. here we are in the middle of the month and, you know, some things need to have changed, right? You're trying to do things better this year than you did last year. Um, I know one thing that we identified here was that our um, training on the the CRM that we use, which I've mentioned in the past, Service Titan, uh, it needs to be better. Everybody has to have a better grasp of, of you know, the software and how to use it. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunity there. And there's, you know, Service Titan offers a bank of videos. And there's plenty of plenty of, you know, outside parties and a lot of ways to train your people. So that was something that we identified as important uh, going into this year. But the training is, you know, it's not just it's not just the folks inside of your building, but um, it's it's your outside staff as well. You just, you know, good companies, they're they're training every week. And um, that's, you know, that's what we do here. Um, so yeah. the training plan is is uh just as aggressive as the, as the growth plan this year. Um, mm -hmm. We've, you know, we, we've just been heating and air conditioning here for a long time. And um, so uh, we added insulation, we added water heaters and tankless water heaters. And all of this requires training, right? It's yeah. training on how to book the call and take the call, uh, what you're going to communicate to the client. It's sales training, it's installation training. Um, so it's uh, mm -hmm. a lot of training going on over here. Oh yeah. Well, and there's, yeah, like you were saying with, with, with sales, cause now you're offering, you know, a different service that you can cross promote and cross sell to the homeowner. And we've already had just a great response on, on the water heaters. Um, you know, we, yeah. we just flipped the switch on that at the beginning of the year and um, you know, we did so thoughtfully, right. We, we, you know, everybody has been trained on, on every aspect of it. And so, um, you know, we're well-prepared. Yeah. I think water heaters are, are one of those low hanging fruits for, for contractors. I think that cause they're not too expensive for you or for the homeowner. And it's, it's something that they're easy to sell. I, from what I can tell, at least from what I'm seeing on my end, which is obviously the marketing side of things, marketing for water heater replacements is, is so much easier than, you know, HVAC system replacement just due to the cost. Well, you have two opportunities, you know, a, a, a tank water heater, it's demand service, right? Mm -hmm. When your water heater goes out, you're typically not shopping. Right. And so uh, it's, you know, you're, it's a quick Google search and you're having somebody come out because you've either got water everywhere and you're 
property is damaged uh, or something really bad is about to happen. So it's about acting quickly. Um, the other part of it, though, that like tankless, sure, that's that's an opportunity that every one of our comfort advisors that's in a house talking to people about heating and air conditioning equipment, it's they should be talking to them about that as well. That's a scope of work that we can take care of at the same time. Uh, there are rebates. There's, you know, um, energy savings. There's there, there's just so much benefit to the homeowner. And I think that probably many and most companies don't do a good job in relaying that. Um, I think that, and I've thought for a number of years that the tankless market is just, it's really uh, underserved here in Southern California. Um, so it's, you know, something we've added and, and I look forward to having success with that this year. Yeah. So have you all uh, recruited plumbers to kind of go in along with that to open up maybe a plumbing division eventually? Yeah. So we, we trained everybody you know, in our installation department, but we, yeah, somebody is here that has much experience with those and, um, you know, but then it, then it becomes shuffling the other folks through so that they can participate in installations and see exactly what's required. It's, it's easier than you would imagine. Um, yeah. so, uh, and once again, the benefit to the homeowner is it's great. So, yeah. And so another another topic that's been kind of hot on top of like pricing and price increases and uh, and all that stuff is uh, recruitment. It it was an issue last year, and a lot of folks are still anticipating that it'll continue to be an issue this year. I'm seeing on my end of the world as well, trying to even recruit people for digital marketing. Um, and so that's part of your plan for the year, correct? Is to is to really ramp up the recruitment efforts, right? Yeah, you know, all of us are competing for such a small pool of talent out there, right? And so that's why we hired a, a director of recruiting. And she's, like I said, she, she's been here for a few months and she's been fantastic. She just, she's got her eye on the ball. And in order to, like, we just put together a training class of nine, mm-hmm. okay? In order to filter through many more candidates than that and, and you know, get those nine on board. It was, it was a huge effort. So, um, you know, we'll continue to do that as the, as the year goes on. And, um, but that's, you know, that's the key to the manpower is just the key to growing this company. Um, so, you know, they're already out there in the field and, and it's exciting. Um, so yeah, the recruiting is for us, the key to having a, you know, a really successful year this year. Um, so, what are what are some of the things that you guys have done in recruitment to find quality candidates? So the young lady that I've hired, she used to work for the gas company here, and her job was to recruit what they call engineers, um, which are the folks that go out and survey and you know identify issues. It wasn't all that different than what. Um, than what we do here, you know, as we recruit for technicians and installers. So uh, she's made, you know, great relationships with the trade schools. Um, you know, of course she runs ads on actually her second day, she was at a trade school and at an event. Right. And, um, you know, they, she's just, she, she gets it. Um, the, the biggest company in, Southern California in heating and air conditioning, they are doing Zoom interviews with trade school candidates. Um, And, you know, I don't know how many folks they're getting out of that or how people are responding to that, but we're not doing any Zoom interviews. We're bringing people in. We want them to see our operation. We want to meet them and, you know, chat with them and just identify. And I think that's really the way to hire people is, they have to be in front of you. You have to be able to get the feeling whether there's somebody that our customers want in their homes or not. So um, we're not doing large scale, you know, zoom interviews, but we're just, we're really lining them up. There's a lot, tell you what, there's a lot of, a lot of folks and, and some small companies, they may, they may not be in a position to train people, let alone nine people. Right. Yeah. Um, that, that could be hard, but you got to start somewhere, right? Bring a couple of bodies on and it's going to, you know, your overhead is going to change a little bit, but 
man, down the road when you're, you know, three, six months down the road and they're, you know, they can drive their own truck and, and take care of calls. That's a, that's a game changer for your business. Um, yeah. So, but it's got to start somewhere. Yeah. And that seems like a pretty solid differentiator uh, for, you know, for your company versus other companies. Cause like you said, it's a small pool. They're probably, they're probably getting offers solicited to them from other companies as well. Um, and in that regard, you know, like that's, that's a, I think that's a pretty solid differentiator between you and some of your competition. Um, and as you, as you alluded to earlier, you know, LA is a very um, saturated market with for HVAC, a lot of competition. So what else do you guys do really when it comes to competition to kind of stand out? Um, well, I'll tell you what, we use that best of, best of Los Angeles uh, as a designation. And, you know, we make sure that everybody knows that it. it's in every ad that we run. It's, it's just all over the place. And mm-hmm. um, so, you know, we, we do that. Um, and I think this is something that we might've touched upon last time, but uh, the folks that work for you, you know, your technicians, your installers, your CSRs, some of them have worked for other heating and air conditioning companies, or they have worked somewhere else where they have friends that are, you know, just bright young individuals that uh, that would make sense for your business. So one of the first things that we did was to just, you know, incentivize our existing employees. Hey, do you have friends that, you know, might fit in here? And, um, you know, we, we had them turn those names over and, and, you know, went through an interview process that way too. So you know, sometimes uh, you'll find some of your best folks that way by using your existing employee base as your recruiters. Yeah. Yeah. And so when it comes to like, um, I guess, just like the overall operation uh, with the competition, because L.A. is, uh, from what I've heard, it, it just seemed like it's just there's there's companies pretty much running everywhere for heating and air conditioning. So, you know, there's a lot of competition out there. And, um, you know, like you were saying, there's the ones that continue to grow and and get it. And then there's the ones that kind of fall behind. Um, So, so what do you guys do to approach that? Like when it comes to competition entering the market and then existing competition in the market? To me, there is no competition. Um, And I truly believe that, you know, 100%. Mm -hmm. Um, We compete against ourselves. And you know, if you're worried about what goes on elsewhere or inside of other people's buildings, um, then you're not taking care of your own house. And, you know, what counts to us is what our customers think about us. So yeah. I can't concern myself with other t- other companies, what they're doing, what they're selling, what their pricing is. It's just, it's, that's just background noise. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really just, you know, and I, I know enough about the marketplace having been here for so long, I know where companies are. I know what they charge. I know who's running them. I know who's working there. I know probably far too much, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's just, I don't, I spend no amount of my time dealing with that. The only time that I run into anything having to do with another company is when we're booking calls and somebody else installed it within the last year and something's wrong and they're not going back out there. So they want us to come out and fix the problem. That's one instance where I hear about other companies. The other instance is when one of my comfort advisors, you know, comes up the stairs and says, Hey, you know, I went out and ran a call and, you know, X, Y, Z is there, you know, they're at $13,000 and we're at whatever, $19,000. So, these are the only two times that I really hear anything about other companies. Um, I just, I don't spend any of my time worrying about it. We take care of what we have to take care of inside of these four walls. And we did that last year and we did it to, you know, great success. So I'm not, I'm not really concerned. And I'll tell you what, I drive around and I see billboards for other companies and I see television commercials and, you know, that's all great. They can, if that's where they're going to spend their marketing money and if that's what's going to, you know, generate, calls for them, then that's what they choose to do. Um, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And so when it comes to like tire kickers and like price shoppers and stuff out there, how do you guys kind of go about that? Because that's something that a lot of a lot of contractors run into is like price shoppers. It's going to happen, right? If, If you are a homeowner and you want 
an estimate on replacement, we are going to come out there for free and we're going to give you our best effort and we are going to price it just as we price all of our jobs. And, you know, then at that point it becomes a conversation, um, you know, between our representative and, and the homeowner. Um, yeah, some people are out there getting six bids, right? And you're never going to be able to help that. And, you know, sometimes you're just, those people, they may never even buy, right? It's just, that's the way some folks are. It's, it's the way they buy a car, right? Mm -hmm. It's the way they inter interview general contractors to do a, a remodel. It's just, some people just do that. And you can't be afraid of it, right? You can't not want to run the call. It's just bad business to not do that. You have to go out treat every customer as they're the most important and, uh, you know, give them attention. And even though they might not be serious or they're just, I have, there are people that ask my technicians, Hey, just give me a ballpark before you send somebody out here. It's, that's not the way it works. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're, we're managing that process, right. Yeah. We're, we're in control of it. So to, to the piggyback off of that, what are your, what are your thoughts around, uh, presenting, the pricing on your website in regards to like, you know, the good, better, best option uh, and let, allowing the homeowner to configure what they think is best for their home. Um, that's something that's been talked about a lot recently, right? The, mm -hmm. the, the whole e-commerce portion of our business and some folks do it. You know, there are some companies that will put their pricing right on their website. Um, and, you know, I, we don't do that here. Um, you know, I'm a big believer in the customer experience and, you know, some folks might want to go on and build their system and, you know, you can do it with a car. If you go onto the Mercedes website and you pick a model and you can add your interior and add your features and it's going to tell you exactly what that car costs. That's, that's great for that industry. But for me, um, you know, and, and this is coming from somebody who, you know, during my career, I ran plenty of sales leads and, and sold a lot of equipment. Um, you know, there was something special about going to somebody's house and, you know, meeting them, getting to know them, taking a look at their existing application, uh, letting them know how we could, you know, improve things for them. Um, and, you know, and then being able to, to price it and, and, and be in control of the situation right there, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's giving people a great experience. Um, yeah. so I, you know, we don't, we don't put anything on, on our website and, uh, I don't see us doing that anytime soon. Yeah. I do see a lot of, a lot of stuff online about just like different when it comes to just pricing in general, not just like the, not just like the e-commerce side, but like pretty much everyone's like, and even in like recruitment, they're like, put the money up front. Like when you're putting a job ad, how much are you going to pay me? Or, you know, put that out there before I interview or <laughs> put the cost of this up front before I even consider talking to you. And like, to your point, like you are saying, they could probably afford it, you know, whatever it is. Um, but seeing that price up front might cue a, re a reactionary defense response that tells them, oh, I, I can't afford this right now, or I, I'm going to go take this and, and try to find it cheaper or something. Uh, and it, it could it could hurt your ability to sell. I think I'm a real big believer. And I think that the award that we won last year, it was all about that. That award was given for customer service, right? These mm -hmm. people selected us as the best company in Los Angeles based upon their experience with us, right? Mm -hmm. And that's it, their experience with us. And I believe in giving people a great experience. And if you do that, the perceived value of anything that you have to offer, whether it's a service agreement, whether it's replacing your system, whether it's, it doesn't really matter, whether it's the repairs that you're offering, you have all the ammunition because of how you've treated the customer, right? Mm -hmm. um, and if I just have numbers on a website or, you know, we're quoting over the phone. There's no value to that, right? We've done nothing. They don't know us. We're trying to make people members of our family. And the only way to do that is to wow them. So, yeah. So, um, another thing that's kind of been, um, 
really affecting the whole world, as everyone probably knows, is uh, the coronavirus. And, you know, like we were just talking about uh, going into the customer's home and and sitting down with them at the table or going in just to inspect their system or whatever. Uh, some people are kind of getting scared from having people in their house and people are getting sick. Um, so how's COVID affecting your business right now? Um, it is. It's, it's, it is affecting uh, our business. In, in the last two weeks, we've had somewhere between 5 and 10% of our workforce out uh, mm-hmm. of the office. And, you know, it's just this time around, it's traveling quickly. And it's, and, you know, and our customers as well, you know, you walk into a, a, a beautifully built service schedule uh, every day or installation schedule. And then you get the call that somebody's tested positive, you know, and that call goes away or that installation goes away and gets rescheduled. And, you know, now you're looking at a crew that you have to find work for or mm-hmm. service technicians that you're looking for calls for. So, you know, you just do your best, right? It's just something that we're going to have to live with. You just don't overbook, right? We've, we've, that's a, you know, that's a, that's a, a lesson that a lot of folks have to learn the hard way, but, um, we're just handling it day by day. Um, you know, we, I know that everybody does this differently. Um, but here at our business, uh, if you're not vaccinated, um, we test you every Monday. And the reason that we do that is because we are guests in our clients' homes and many, and I mean, many of them request, uh, vaccinated technicians. I had a guy two days ago that he wants to do a $20,000 system. Um, he's 91 years old mm-hmm. and he wants to make sure that the folks that are coming to his house, uh, you know, aren't going to get them sick. And I am absolutely full of respect and I understand his wishes and we will grant his wishes because, you know, we're thrilled that he chose us. So we do everything that we can here to keep our employees and our customers safe and we will continue to do so. Yeah. Yeah. How do you communicate uh, to the homeowner? Like, say they've got an install scheduled and they're supposed they're expecting a technician, you know, a crew at eight a.m. to come start the the install, but then they're both sick. How do you, how do you communicate that to the customer? The installers are sick, or the the customers are who's sick? Uh, the, the installer. Oh, um, it well, we've you know, in the last couple of weeks, we we had something like that happen. So um, you shuffle. Right. And we're fortunate enough that um, I have some people in service uh, who are also, you know, folks that have spent a long time installing. So we just, you know, we can adapt and move stuff around. Sometimes maybe you have some smaller jobs that can be, you know, that weren't time sensitive. Right now at this time of the year, the the biggest thing for us here is to make sure that everybody has heat. Right. Mm -hmm. That's the most important thing. And some folks, you know, you might have a, a family whose installation today was based upon age of equipment and efficiency. And you might have another family that their installation was based upon their system stopped working and they have no heat right now. So mm-hmm. you prioritize, you move stuff around. Um, you just try to get everybody taken care of, but you have to have the capacity, you know, to, to handle something like that when it happens. Uh, we're fortunate that we do here. Yeah. On the flip side, yeah. Uh... If the homeowner calls in and says, I've got COVID, um, how, how does that go down? We've had it. We've had that happen a number of times. Um, we were in the, a couple of weeks ago, we were in the middle of a really large project, you know, multiple systems, right? I think there were like four or five systems in the house and we had done three. Um, and then over the weekend, they tested positive. So we just, you know, moved it out, let them know we would come back when, you know, everything was good and when they felt comfortable. And um, so, you know, you just, you try to roll with the punches, but uh, it, it's going to happen. This is a yeah. strange time, strange time for all of us. And um, we just do the best that we can, but we have to expect these things to happen. And you have to prepare for these things to think about in your business. I mean, I, I think about in my business, the people that it's affected um, on a management level, as well as rank and file level. And you know, you sort of have to put a worst case scenario in your head. Um, Last Saturday, I get word that two of my CSRs tested positive. 
So, you know, there was a, 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 a text chat between a bunch of us managers figuring out how we were going to get that handled and, you know, so that it wasn't going to interrupt business and we could take care of all of our customers. So you just have to, but you need to be thinking about it now because it's going to, it's going to affect, you know, many, many businesses, right? If it's not affecting you today in two weeks, you know, somebody's going to be home for a week trying to get yeah. better. So you gotta, you gotta be thinking about it. Yeah. It's, it's getting to the point now. I mean, we're, we're rolling up on year two, two full years of this being a thing in the United States. So, you know, at first it was, it was like a dependent variable. It was like, you had to like hope that this wasn't going to affect you somehow. And you kind of had to, you know, work around it. But now it's like, okay, it's been here for two years now you have to have this built into your plan. Like you were saying, good businesses have a plan. You need to have a plan for this. You need to have a plan for Monday morning, you show up and 80% of your team is sick or 80% of your jobs canceled because they're sick or whatever it may be, or there's a new, a new illness going around. Um, and so you got to have a plan for, for those things. This is a great reminder for all of the folks that are, that are listening that um, run or own a business because, you know, things can change overnight and, you know, you lose a couple of lead installers or, you know, three or four technicians or folks that are answering the phone, uh, you know, the folks in the warehouse, right? If you're, if you, if you're undermanned in your warehouse and you're staging, you know, a dozen jobs for, for tomorrow, how does that affect you? Right. Or even three or four jobs, you know, it doesn't matter what size contractor you are. It's just people are going to be asked to do things that they're not used to doing. So, um, you know, it's just preparation. People need to be thinking about this. Yeah. Preparation and planning is, is huge. Uh, and, and, and kind of speaking on planning, um, I'd like to talk about like setting benchmarks, uh, for, you know, for a yearly plan, uh, for your business, and, uh, you know, kind of what approach do you take when it comes to creating that plan and setting benchmarks? Um, I think that, you know, and it's appropriate to talk about now just because we ended last calendar year. Um, you know, it's a great opportunity for you to look back and, and take a look at each department and see where you failed or succeeded, right? And to really put a plan and not just roll into Jan 1 and wake up and, you know, just expect everything to continue on. You, you really, you know, planning is the key to success in business. And so, you know, for us, um, we did that. And for, for my business here, everything is a multiple of manpower. And, you know, it's, as, you know, as I alluded to a little earlier, we, we started with nine new folks in the field um, this year. And we've added, you know, a couple of bodies in the office as well. Um, but we have to pay for those bodies, right? So you have to make the adjustments and, you know, know that you're going to absorb some, you know, some uh, non-revenue generating labor over, you know, a certain period of time before it begins to, to pay dividends. So um, for us, it's, you know, manpower and training equals sales and, you know, sales plus management equals profit. So that's what, that's sort of the, you know, the, the motto that I live by over here. And, um, but it all starts with manpower and I can't stress it enough. I know I've been talking about it for, you know, for the last hour here, but nothing's going to happen to change your business without having additional bodies and yeah. the great, the great companies really do a good job with this. You know, you don't grow into a 30 or 40 or 50 or $60 million company without having a great process. And I, I've been a part of that, you know, at, at you know, the, the largest company in Southern California where we had a school and, you know, the recruiting effort was just, just wave after wave after wave. And you have multiple, you know, classes, um, training classes at different stages at any given time. And, and this is how companies go from, you know, 30 vans to a couple of hundred vans. Um, so for any, you know, any contractor of any size, it's just all about manpower and, yeah. you know, so 
that's, you know, for us, that's really what it, what it was is just to examine the manpower um, and see what we needed to do for this year. Yeah. I see kind of how like a lot of times how like manpower and um, like creating leads can kind of go hand in hand because, you know, you can create leads all day for your business, but you got to have someone to run the calls. And so like, it comes to a point where say, you know, okay, we hit 5 million last year. Um, and that consisted of, you know, eight install crews and eight service technicians. I want to hit 10 million this year. Uh, but I want to keep my costs down. So I'm not going to hire anybody else. Uh, and so it, it makes you almost want to laugh. Cause I, I hear this all the time because they think I can make, I can use the same people and generate more profit or generate more revenue. And that means I'll have more profit. Um, but they don't think about the part where they need the people to go run the additional jobs that it's going to take uh, for the revenue. So when it comes to like staffing up and, and getting that, you know, that manpower in place, do you hire for those positions based on the projections that you, you know, that you anticipate for, for the year? During the course of the year? Um, no, during the course of the year, we, you know, your demand is what your demand is going to be. Let's say it's the middle of summer and you see that you don't have the capacity. And that's, this is really the story here. Um, not enough technicians to run the number of calls that we have, right? We identified that as a problem and we said, we're going to do everything that we can so that we're not in that position next year. Um, and, you know, you just, you have to take a look at your own business and it's all math right? It's, it's just, it's all math. So um, for us, I know that a certain amount of calls is going to turn into a certain amount of, uh, you know, replacement revenue, or it's going to turn into a certain amount of service agreements sold, um, you know, and then you pencil out the profit after that. But, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of folks out there that, that have a small business and, you know, they're just not used to, to doing that part of, you know, that, that part of it. And, you know, some coaching would help folks like that, um, in, in, in getting, you know, to the next level. Um, they, you just can't wake up every day and think that, you know, things are going to change without you taking the, the steps to, to affect change. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think that's a, I, I think that's a good lesson for any business owner in general is, um, you know, what, what got you here is not going to get you there. You know, you want to, you want to be a $50 million company. Well, you got to get a $50 million process in place and you got to get a $50 million team in place. Uh, maybe not worth $50 million, but able to generate $50 million, uh, either profit or revenue. Eric, I think that, you know, for the folks out there that have businesses that don't have, something for me that that's always been key is I have a lot of friends in the industry, right? I've had a chance over the years to visit their shops and to have meaningful conversations with them and to share financials and to just, you know, share ideas. And this has been key for me. Right. And, and a lot, you know, I, I saw a lot of smart stuff from a lot of smart people. And these are some of the things that, you know, you, 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 you learn and you take with you and implement in your business. Um, because if you're operating, you know, without talking to people, you're just, you know, you're, you're, you're not exposing yourself to what others might know. Right. Yeah. So I think, you know, there are people need to have friends in the industry and whether you're part of a best practices group, whether you're part of whatever, you just need to, you know, have ongoing conversations and friendships with other people to do the same thing that you do. Yeah. Well, that kind of perfectly bridges us into a, uh, a topic that you and I have talked about numerous times uh, recently. And I've seen conversation about on different podcasts, different Facebook groups. I've even talked about it a few times on our podcast, and that is um, coaching and mentorship. Uh, and that is, you know, like you're saying, there's a lot of really smart people out there with good ideas that are willing to help. Um, and then there's a lot of people out there that perhaps aren't so smart and have a lot of advice to give. Um, 
when it comes to taking advice and finding a coach, what is some, I guess, what would you recommend our listeners to kind of heed with caution with? Everybody's business has different needs, right? Um, you know, there are the best practices groups. Um, they have a lot to offer, right? And I've, I came up through one of them and I've said this many times. Uh, I, you know, I spent many, many years, uh, in, in airtime 500, right? The success group, uh, the success Academy, all of that stuff. And that stuff was really important. You know, I started in this industry at a very small company and I just, you know, I needed a blueprint for success. That stuff, Jim Abrams, brilliant stuff was really impactful for me. And I learned so much about running a heating and air conditioning business through his, uh, through his group. Um, you know, there's, there's next star out there. There's Praxis, which is, you know, what, what Abrams does now. And so there's a lot out there. Um, you know, you have to be the kind of operator who, you know, is going to spend that money and take it and apply it to your business so that it can make a difference. But you, you gain a lot of friendships. I have so many friends from 15 plus years ago, um, you know, that I met, uh, through, you know, the success group. So, um, and, you know, you keep those friendships and you talk about, you know, how to make each other's, how you, you know, what, what, what they're doing in their business that can help you possibly in yours. So I think that the best practices groups are, are worthwhile. Um, and all the information's out there, talk to people. I think that, you know, talking to folks that have actually been a part of these groups is a great place to start. Um, I think mm -hmm. most contractors know people who are in one of those groups and chat with those folks, right? There's so much good stuff that comes out of them. Um, when it comes to, you know, other folks, you know, business coaches or sales coaches, um, you know, I'm acquaintances with many of the folks in that space. Right. And, there's a lot of options. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, all of these people, they bring, they bring some value to the table in one, you know, one shape or form. Um, I think that if you're a business who is looking for sales training or a business coach or whatever it is, um, I think that you need to probably choose somebody who can provide relevancy and results right um so once again it's just doing your homework it's you know it's, it's it's like what we all do you know in our daily lives right we you do your back your homework and you talk to people um and to try to make the wisest decision right um there's a lot of smart people out there who you know they have a lot to offer and who can probably help some of your, your, your listeners businesses, but just, you know, pick what's right for you by doing your homework and, and finding somebody that fits what you need, you know, yeah. and talk to people, talk to people. I, you know, I, I'm, there's the Facebook groups that, you know, exist out there and there are, there are just a number of ways to get involved in the conversation. So yeah, um, it's all out there, you know? Yeah. So for those people who have, cut a check for some type of coaching and got burned. Um, what would you recommend for them as they begin looking for another group? Um, I've seen it, right. I, I've, I talked to enough people and, and I know that there are some folks that are, you know, they write a check to somebody and, and they're not happy with the results or the results, you know, aren't what they thought they were going to get, but, um, you know, that's, that could be because, you know, once you, once you get the training, you have to, you have to follow up, right. And you have mm -hmm. to stay on. I, I did this many years ago. I, back in the early two thousands, I had Charlie Greer come out to my business and he did sales training with my technicians and did ride alongs. And, you know, if you just, if you think that's going to change your business and, you know, Charlie leaves, 
leaves town and you know it, it it was then upon me to make sure that we were you know we were practicing the 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 paper towel clothes and all the things that that mm-hmm. you know that charlie would preach and um so it's the same thing with any folks that that are doing this now if if you're not you know if you're not following up you're not going to get results yeah so, yeah that's 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 a great reminder as we head into uh I guess week four of the new year where a lot of people's resolutions are slowly tapering off and people are beginning to uh, forget about all the big goals they'd set for the year. Uh, So kind of on the flip side of our entire conversation, because a lot, you know, almost all of our stuff has been in regards to, you know, having a plan, making sure that you, you know, write your plan down. What, uh, this is is kind of a, a big question here. For those who don't have a plan, and they're listening to this later on and they're in the middle of April or May and they're just like, ah, crap. I really fell behind on it this year and my phone's not ringing and I need to get something together. What's a few courses of action that you would recommend for them to kind of, you know, whip it into gear before summertime? It's too late by May, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you, you have to identify things way earlier than that. Um, you know, if you're sitting, if you're sitting there in March and not much change has happened and, you know, the phone isn't ringing the way you want it to, and you haven't increased your manpower by the, the amount that it should. And, you know, it's like, you have to act now. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's March or April, it's, it's just going to be too late. Right. Mm-hmm. There's just, you have to, you know, in order to be hitting at all cylinders in May, you have to execute well in January, February, March, and April. Right. Uh Um, so, you know, but if you're sitting there in May and it's, it's, you're, you're looking at, you know, it's going to be a tough summer, right? You're going to be understaffed and too many calls and not priced correctly. And, you know, and, and when you're understaffed, guess what happens? Your people are running too many service calls. They're running five and six calls. They're spending too little time on those calls. They're not able to give a great customer service experience, which turns into reviews, which makes the, it's just everything, you know, slides downhill. So it's managing your business every day, Eric. And, you know, for those folks who aren't in the office every day and who are calling it in from their dining room table or from their cabin up in Big Bear or from, you know, an island somewhere, that's, you know, that's not a sustainable situation, right? You have to be in tune with your business. I'll tell you what, I've done this for a long time, right? Um, and I sure would like to be home, right? Or I'd like to be traveling right now. Um, but if I do that, it the, the stuff that I need to happen here is not going to happen, right? I, I'm in it. I'm in it. I'm standing in front of my technicians constantly. I'm down in that call center. You know, I just that's the kind of operator that I am and that I've always been, but the results have been because, you know, that's the way I do it. So um, you have to manage that business every day, every day. And, you know, you're, you're going to go home some days and you're going to just be disappointed in people, whether they're your customers or whether they're your employees and you're going to have a knot in your stomach and that still happens. Right. Yeah. But you make it a better day the next day, right. You train, and you overcome and that's what good managers do and if you're not doing that um and i have plenty of friends that own businesses that they're not involved in the day-to-day like they should be right and you know the results are when that p l comes out right Mm -hmm. so yeah moment of fate that's right yeah moment of truth uh so when it comes to like like some marketing, um, some levers. Uh, we like to talk about levers around here, like different levers you can pull at different times uh, for the business owners out there who perhaps don't have the strongest marketing uh, or the strongest brand presence or community presence or whatever it may be. And they're just looking for a few levers to pull. Um, what, what are some things that you've seen work pretty well uh, in a saturated market uh, we market to our service base quite frequently. 
Um, we, you know, if your customer service agents aren't capturing the email with every single time they talk to somebody, they're letting everybody in the building down, right? Because those emails are who we market to. And we build lists, you know, from those emails. Some people are going to get emails talking about, you know, the tankless opportunity. And some people are going to get emails that are asking, um, you know, for uh, what, what, you know, what do you want to do as far as changing the air quality in your home? Uh, some people are going to get emails saying, you know, your service agreement is about to expire. Some folks are going to get emails saying, hey, we left you a bid two days ago, you know, click here for us to help you. You have to have the emails. And uh, there's a large part of our revenue that comes from the emails that we generate to our service base. Uh, we don't hit people too too much, right? You're not receiving two emails a month from us. We just, we don't bother people like that. But we have directed marketing um, through the, you know, through the emails at our base. And then of course, anybody who we visit, you know, we're, we're asking for the review in the home, but if they don't leave the review, we are reminding them a day later, hey, you didn't leave us a review. You know, Johnny Technician was out there and we hope he did a great job. Please let us know. There's just the power of, of the email is, is huge. So, you know, for the contractors out there who aren't using that, it's a great source of business. Um, unexpected business sometimes, right? You know, you it's just, it's gravy for a lot of folks who aren't using it. Just start capturing email addresses uh, with every call that you book. I, you know, I think most middle to large size contractors all do this, but some of the smaller ones probably aren't doing it. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of building that email list because, um, I mean, you got to own something. If Facebook goes down and you've spent the past 10 years building your Facebook page, how are you going to, how are you going to contact them? Or, um, if Gmail goes down, you know, you have a phone number to call them. And of course, if the internet goes down, the whole world's going to catch on fire anyway. So you don't have to worry about right. that. Uh, right. But you need to have some type of tangible way of contacting them outside of a Google ad or, you know, hoping that they find your website somehow. Um, and that, that comes from having their contact information and their address would be is ideal as well you know, for direct mail, stuff like that. So that, yeah, that's a, that's a huge part of, that's one of the levers that we can pull here and we can pull it quickly. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and if you're, if you're a plumbing business, you know, which it's, it's a demand business, right? People call a plumber, not for preventative maintenance, they call a plumber because they have a problem. So, mm -hmm. you know, pay-per-click work in, in plumbing um, is a little more prevalent than is it is in heating and air conditioning. It works a little bit differently, but um, managing your pay-per-click spend, uh, you know, managing your LSA ads, just all of that stuff, you have to really be on top of it. Sometimes people will be spending money every day that they don't need to be spending, right? Uh -huh. um, getting good at shutting things off when they don't need to be on is important. So uh, managing the money you're spending online, um, you know, having a layered marketing approach uh, is just to me, the way to do it, um, you know, you direct mail is, is part of our regular diet over here. Um, and like I said, we market for tune-ups and so I'm a, I'm a believer in direct mail. I always have been, and, uh, it's, it makes the phone ring. Um, so just, you know, having a layered approach. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Lawrence, you know, we're beginning to wrap up here. Um, is there anything that, you feel I've missed uh, or anything else that you really wanted to, to touch on? I think you've, we've touched upon a lot here. Um, yeah. You know, I, I've enjoyed coming on with, with you twice now. And, you know, I'm glad to hear that so many people heard our first, our first broadcast. And, you know, I'm, I'm not a guy sitting here with, you know, all kinds of silver bullets. Right. Um, but, as an operator, as somebody who shows up to his business every day and talks to his employees and tries to make impactful change, you know, I, I've learned over the years, I've seen great owners and great managers and, and I've watched how people have operated their business. And, um, 
you know, you got to do it yourself, right? Nobody's, your employees are, they're just waiting for instruction from you, right? And some folks just don't give instruction. They don't give good instruction. They don't hold people accountable. Um, people want to be held accountable, right? It's, there's just, to be a good leader, um, you know, it, it doesn't take all that much effort. Um, but man, you can really just get great results out of people if they're incentivized properly. Um, if you let them know what the expectation is, you know, hey, if you're a call taker, this is what your call booking rate should be. This is my expectation of how many calls you're going to book. This is what the length of call should be that, you know, when you're booking this type of a call, you know, capturing all the right information, getting it to dispatch so it gets scheduled to the right person. Just, you know, you just need to be involved in your business. And if you are, um, you know, if you're knee deep in it, you know, shoulder to shoulder with your folks, great things can happen. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this has been another outstanding episode uh, with you, Lawrence. I'm I'm looking forward already to publishing this one because I know that a lot of contractors are going to find um, some some good information here, even if it's one or two things. You know, it might have been that thing that they hadn't thought about in the past, and now it's like that aha moment. Um, so I really do appreciate you taking the time out of your day uh, to join me once again. My pleasure to be here. Enjoyed it just like last time, and uh, you know. I'll always come on here and, and chat and, and try to provide some value for, for your listeners. Awesome. There's one last thing before we go. I mean, I meant to ask you this last time. Um, I noticed some football helmets back there on your bookshelf. Um, is there, is there a particular story behind that? Um, I'm from Colorado and I went to the university of Colorado and um, you know, my sisters went there and my daughter went there and it's just, you know, it's black and gold runs through our veins. So, um, you know, Boulder's a special place and, uh, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I grew up in it and it's quite important to me. It's, it's a special university. It's, you know, if you've never seen a, a football game in Boulder, then you need to, you need to make sure that you do that because it's, you know, that campus is just, it's spectacular. But Boulder is, the last two years, it's it was U.S. News and World Report um, number one place to live in America. Wow! And uh, yeah, very special place. So, um, awesome. love my buffs. Go buffs! All right, there we go. All right, well, thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast. Remember, folks, around here we say marketing is two things: one, get people; two, get people to do something, uh, and that includes you. I got you all to listen to this podcast and now I'm asking you to leave me a review. That's part two of the, of the ask here. So if you enjoyed this episode and you found any value in it, uh, made you laugh, made you cry, made you rethink the way you run your business, I would love to hear about it. Uh, you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or you can review it now on Spotify. Uh, so that would mean the world to me if you left us a review. And until next time, I hope all of you take care and run a profitable business. Thank you for tuning in for another episode. If you're an HVAC contractor in need of digital marketing services, contact us today at www.rivaldigital.com.